0: You are listening to Central Valley Hustlers, the podcast where business owners share their advice and experience to help aspiring entrepreneurs make their dreams a reality. Welcome to Central Valley Hustlers. My name is Jose Fosno. With me today is Ken Douglas, the co-owner of Chuck's Place. Ken, thank you for having me here today. Thank you for having me. Uh, Ken, so as I briefly mentioned, uh, Central Valley Hustlers is a series of conversations between myself and business owners in the area, uh, some of the challenges that uh, they faced as they were trying to open up the business or um, the challenges while you're running the business. Um, So to begin with a little bit, can you tell us about um, what Chuck's Place is for those who don't know?
1: Well, we are trying to put together a place that's like pretty much the best place you can it bar food so I don't want to be labeled as a bar or a restaurant I like to be kind of like right in the middle of right in both, both places I want to have it to be a good vibe for bar atmosphere and good food it's like it's hard to find that a lot of places. So, so what is bar food?
0: <clears throat> like, what bar would you define like, that I as? I
1: consider it the American style, burgers, wings, mm-hmm. all that stuff. So you go so many places and you think, oh, you can get a burger anywhere. But no, you, you want it hand pattied. You want it to taste good. And yeah. That's where a lot of people lose transition these days. So my wife and I, we, we travel all around just trying to check out, like, more of the downtown style places like we go to Old Sac we go to LA we go okay. pretty much anywhere and just try to find the good they call them like gastro style pubs and yeah yeah just kind of steal ideas from everybody (laughs) (laughs) that's funny Um, and so
0: you you mentioned that this place was open in 2012 when did you take um, co-ownership of it
1: Um, actually the beginning of this year in February so Mm -hmm. I started off just bartending one day a week and then just kind of worked my way up to getting more shifts, bartending, and then became the bar manager, and then became the kitchen manager, and then became the general manager, and then asked for half, so.
0: Yeah. Then <laughs> so, uh, how would how was, um how was that journey of asking for half and going through all of that? Because one of the one of the questions that a lot of people, like business owners, go through is having to find somebody who treats their business right. like their own, right? And it sounds mm-hmm. like you did just that, and it became your own.
1: Yeah, and that's hard to find. It's hard to, you know. And that's what makes somebody valuable is just putting in that work ethic. And that's what I try to tell people. And just, even if you're feeling down about what's going on, just do the best you can do. Mm -hmm. Even if you feel like coworkers aren't working as hard as you, always do the best you can do. Don't ever put yourself down to, you know, I'm just going to do what everybody else is doing because that's what makes you so valuable is just always put your best foot forward. And so no matter what the situation is, just do it and you'll become, you know, unexpendable.
0: Yeah. And so... How does it? Um, what are some of the what, what are some of the biggest challenges you faced since you've, you kind of became that co-owner?
1: Well, like I was telling you earlier, um, I actually never worked in a bar or restaurant. Um, I, I owned cell phone stores before this, and then when the economy crashed, I decided I love to cook, so let's get into the food business. I had to close all my stores down when the economy crashed, and I said, "What's one thing that?" you know, people are never going to stop doing no matter what the economy is going to be. People are never going to stop eating or drinking. That's true. So, Very true, yeah. so I decided to like shift where I was going. I had a friend that worked for the IRS and he does audits. And I said, you know, who's making money out there? And he said, he said, don't ever open a restaurant. They're all losing money. And I, I said, well, what should I do? He said, you should open a food truck. He said, those guys make a ton of money. So I went out and bought a food truck and it's still sitting in my driveway right now because I got so busy with this place. And so when I came in here and met Chuck, I said, Hey, well this guy's opening a restaurant. He's never had a restaurant before. Maybe I can learn a few things from him. So I just kind of begged for shifts and he he said no at first. He said, We don't want no male bartenders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, Well, I'm a really good male bartender. <laughs> he said, I don't care, nobody wants a male bartender. I was like, Some people do, come on. <laughs> said, give me like one shift. He's like, I'll give you Monday mornings. I was like, I'll take it. So that's where I started just coming in, trying to learn from him. And then I just kind of saw what he was doing. And I was like, Hey, you know, I can help with this. I can help with that. I can help with this. And just kind of offered myself until I was kind of doing everything. So Mm -hmm.
0: So it sounds like Chuck, um, you know, initially was the one who you know, built the place and started the place, right? Um, and then you came in and you, you're also helping him. So what are some of the responsibilities that you took with that?
1: Uh, well, I just started having ideas. Really, it's just saying, hey, well, let's try this. Let's try that. Hey, Let's do a taco Tuesday. Let's do a wing Wednesday. And he's like, that there's nothing original about that. I said, hey, there might not be anything original about it, but if we can make some good tacos, we can make some good wings, people will hear about it. And, you know, just kind of going forward from there, hiring. I started off having bands come play a lot. We shifted from that because we weren't doing well with the bands, but it was getting us a lot of attention. But we weren't making a ton of money from it because most of them ordered water and hung out in the parking lot. So I kind of learned, but it brought people in and it got us a lot of attention by having just tons of people flooding in here. Yeah. So we've learned from that to shift towards things that are higher, higher profit.
0: So it sounds like you, you're the one who came in and said alright we gotta experiment on some things because we gotta figure out what does best right What besides you know labeling certain days um, as events or bands mm-hmm. what are some of the other experiments you've done
1: well for me like I was saying earlier it's just about trying to have the best food and you know I got into cooking from just watching Diners drive and Dives and watching the Travel Channel and watching yeah. the Cooking Network yeah. and one thing I learned from watching that is you would you would see them on TV and they'd be in this little place in the middle of nowhere and it's packed. I'm like, well, shoot, I'm in a big town. Yeah. How do I get this place packed? But what you notice is if you make if you make the food that people talk about, then people will come no matter where you're at. And that's what I learned from watching all those shows. Is they'll be in the middle of nowhere. I've mm-hmm. I've driven out to a bunch of those places that were on the show. And in the middle of nowhere and it's packed. You go in there. And it's because people talk about it. People will say, oh, this place is great. This place is great. So yeah. when I when I came in here, they were doing mostly like frozen Cisco food. They had frozen this, frozen that, throw it on the grill. You know, that's stuff that you do at the fair. And I said, well, mm-hmm. let's try. Let's try doing this. Let's do this fresh. Let's do this fresh. Let's make something people talk about. Like, oh, it's too much work. It's, you know, it's just bar food. And I'm like, well, let's make it better bar food. Yeah. And that's kind of been my philosophy. If just make the food good, then people will talk about it. And when people talk about it, they come. Like in February, we do alligator tacos for to get ready for you know, ash wednesday and mm-hmm. all that so we um <clears throat> we go with the whole new orleans style thing we do jambalaya and, and we do alligator tacos and of course i know not everyone's going to eat an alligator yeah, taco yeah. but people will say hey that place has alligator tacos, they got alligator they, even tacos. if they don't try it they're going to talk about it so yeah i try to i try to instill things that people will talk about and try to stay relevant. How do you deal
0: with the customer feedback though? Because I mean, there's probably customers who really like the bands, and then there's customers mm-hmm. who just wish, that, you know, they could get the tacos every day. I don't know if you do that, but like yeah. how do you deal with the customer feedback on well, changing? Well,
1: always hard. Um, the one thing that we deal with all the time is like I'll have a hundred people come in here like, oh, the food was so great today, the food was mm-hmm. amazing. And then I'll look on Yelp and i have a one star review and it says there was no soap in the bathroom. Like, oh, oh yeah. my God, the hundred people didn't say anything. <laughs> yeah, and the one yeah. person that didn't have soap is leaving us a bad review. So you just got to take it in stride and, you know, talk to those people and understand where they're coming from because, you know, that's, that's one thing that you can do is just get really angry when you get negative feedback. But mm-hmm. instead of getting angry, you just look at it from their standpoint and, you know, try to fix what was wrong and, you know, contact them, apologize for the situation and, and move on from there and that's.
0: Well, here's another question is on employees and mm-hmm. the amount of staff that you have. Does that change depending on the day? Because I th- when I think about uh, yeah. it and I say, okay, I wanna go out and, you know, um, go to the bar environment, okay, that's Friday night, Saturday nights. Mm-hmm. But if I want, you know, some good food, then, you know, it's on a weekday But How do you deal with that demand and then having the amount of when we
1: started, we probably had four or five employees. Now we have twenty-five. So wow, that's <laughs> yeah. a big change, yeah. <laughs> yeah so. Oh man, yeah. When we first came in, we were half the size too. We've knocked a wall out, and we probably had about five feet from the bar to the wall. It's where this pole is right here. Mm-hmm. everybody on, on air can't hear, but yeah. <laughs> see it. But. <laughs> but yeah, we we went from being standing room between the bar and the wall to having booths and. High tables and adding, just
0: trying to add stuff all the time. From your travels and going to see different bars and seeing what um, you know kind of vibe they have, what is the difference that you've noticed here in Manteca? Because I feel like um, the the type of demographic that you have in Manteca is different from some other town, right? Oh yeah, definitely. So what has been something that you had to do to adjust that maybe other bars don't have to do?
1: Uh, I don't know. I like I said, I try to ride the line of like having good food and still being a bar. And when you're when you're writing that line, you know, you don't want to be too fancy and you don't want to be too dive bar either. You want to just, you just want to be comfortable and you want to make the environment comfortable. That's why we have the marble tables. And I, you know, I go out to downtown Sac and they had all these metal chairs everywhere. And I said, you know, they got all those metal chairs everywhere. Let's get rid of these vinyl ones with all the cracks in them and get the metal <laughs> get chairs. The metal chairs. chairs. Um, but it's, as far as the demographic, you're gonna get the people that you're trying to get. And, you know, we're just trying to stay away from, you know, the bad crowd, but we don't want to exclude anybody either. So we, we just, we try to stay nice, but not the fanciest restaurant. We try to stay relevant, but not the you know, bottom of the barrel either. We just we just try to ride the middle of pretty much yeah. everything. Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> what are some? What do you think? What has been like the biggest challenge for you once you took that co-ownership and that responsibility? Like that's something that you didn't have to deal with as maybe um, as another employee. I wouldn't say manager because I feel like you might have the same.
1: I've kind of I've been the general manager yeah. for about three four years now, so I've kind of been doing all the same stuff. Um, it gets a little harder when you get into taxes and yeah. workman's compensation and all this stuff and and that's that's been a struggle this whole time but we you know, I'm learning that stuff too. I started taking QuickBooks classes, accounting classes, mm-hmm. whenever I could fit myself into Delta just so I could do a better job of what I'm doing instead of just paying someone else to do it.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So, I mean, we, we still have an accountant, we still have a bookkeeper, but I like to double check everything before it goes that way and instead of just saying, oh, here's this, what did, what did I make today? Mm-hmm. You know, so. That makes sense.
0: <laughs> so would you say like, what are some, what have been some of those other resources that you've used to learn these things? And I mean, you have Delta and.
1: Yeah, um, I, you know, I've, Got a lot from Delta, actually. I when I started working here, I enrolled in culinary school mm-hmm. at Delta, and I and I'm being so busy, I also have four kids. Mm-hmm. I just took a class a semester, and everyone said you're never gonna finish doing that. And I yeah. said, well, you know what? I Every semester that I take another class, the food gets a little better. So. Yeah, the food gets a little better. That's
0: funny. You were the manager. I mean, you're the co-owner, and you have you moved from five employees to almost 25, right? Or 25 now?
1: Yeah, including security, and we have to have double the kitchen staff now, and then yeah. When it's busy, we have to have three bartenders on Friday night and Saturday night, and then we usually run two at most of the other times during the week. How do you find employees for for your business? Um, For me, I go out and pick people pretty much on my own, one mm-hmm. of our bartenders was my bartender when I was 21 years old. Mm-hmm. And I brought him out here from Stockton. And then another one was a friend of mine that worked at Starbucks. And I told her, I said, hey, you know, you're really good at making these expressos. I said, if you can make an espresso, you can make a drink. And I, because I saw her yeah. work ethic. And so pretty much most of the bartending staff, I um, pretty much handpicked myself. Uh, I have a kitchen manager now, so he's been doing a great job at like getting his kitchen staff together. Before that, you know, I picked him mm-hmm. and then I've kind of let him take the reins in the kitchen now and, and he's doing a great job.
0: You pick your own, you, you're picking your own employees, right? And um, you're, 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 you're choosing people that you kind of know of. and um to come and help you in your business and as uh, uh, how do you or like what are some of the challenges um employee wise and shifts um do you have on your business because some have it where a lot of their employees are younger adults right and so and they always want to go out on Saturdays and Sundays so they never want to get those shifts and that's like the busiest for that business
1: yeah I think it's different in bartending because when you're when you're a bartender you want those Friday and Saturday shifts because that's where the money's at and if you, mm. and if they're not that kind of person we I probably would know that before we got them in here so we, yeah. lo- we look for hustlers we look for people that want to strive for more we don't want people that just stand around and like Oh, I got an hour left. No, I want people that are out closing deals. Yeah, you know? that's, a, that's a that's a
0: very interesting shift. Um, now, this is another question, and it, it's coming to me. So, you know, when you go to a when you go to a bar, um, there's um, you know, alcohol might run low, or there's some other issues. And what is like the common issue that you have here?
1: Um, well, to, when we first that you try started, not to make happen, yeah, you know? we. Um, we we came a long way at first. It was me and one of the other managers, Sheree. We were in here and there wasn't much money. Um, so we, when we first took over managing, uh, Chuck kind of said, "Hey, you know, times really rough right now. Don't think we're going to be able to stay open." And Sheree and I kind of came together and we said, "Well, you know what? I, you know, we see potential. Let's." Let's just do what we got with what we got. And we didn't even work for a check for a month or so. And we would go get a bottle of Grey Goose from the distributor and then say, Hey, we got Grey Goose today and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> we we had a few other things we would try to sell that and kind of flip that money into something else. And then, you know, go down to the store, get a tri-tip with the money we made from that Grey Goose. And we had tri-tip sandwiches today. And that was about four or five years ago. <clears throat> and we, we built from that and then you know we have a full stock now. And that, well, so we've been doing well for a while now, but it, it was a hard yeah. road at first. But you see,
0: the difference is that it was you and Cherie who made that decision, right? Yeah. And so it's like, for other businesses, they don't have that type of people right. who can almost treat the business as their own and want to be able to make those yeah. moves. Um, you know, What was it that, do you think it was something in, inside you that just made you be like, okay, I'm not gonna get paid for a month, I'm just gonna make this happen?
1: Yeah, well, we made tips to get by and that was that was good for then and then um just knew always saw potential when you see potential in something you you go after it and you know I knew I knew where he was coming from because I owned stores that shut down I had 30 employees that I had to lay off and we went from I went from being one of the number one cell phone distributors in California to making 20 bucks a week mm-hmm. and had to lay everyone off so I knew where he was coming from and I knew that I could save the place. So I said, hey, let me let me help. Let me let me do something. Let me let me do what I can to fix this. Yeah. And and that's how we started. There's a lot of people, um, especially
0: managers and owners, it, it's, it sometimes becomes hard for them to have to um, let somebody go. How do you do that? How do you deal with that?
1: We don't have too much turnover here, but when we do, I. You know, you just treat people with respect, say, hey, you know, this is just not working out. You know, I still respect you as a person. You know, I'll go out and have a drink with you, but, you know, I just can't have you here any longer. Yeah. Um, you just try not to make it personal. You don't get mad. You don't get angry. You try to make them feel accepted and, like, you know, like, hey, this is a positive thing for you because I don't feel like this is the right opportunity for you, and, you know, maybe you should steer something different would work out a little better for you. Yeah,
0: Yeah, it's just um, sometimes it can get awkward in those conversations, you know. Uh, (laughs) Some some owners are like, oh, well, I kind of don't want to do it. I'll just have the manager.
1: Yeah, you have two different kinds of owners or managers in that situation. You got the one that's scared to do it and yeah. sad to do it. And then you got the other ones who are just dicks and want to like, get out of here. Yeah, so, yeah that's very so. true.
0: <laughs> you do have that. So you mentioned you had this food truck in your uh, garage, right? I mean, yeah, it's still there. What <laughs> is there a plan for it? It's nice to get
1: it running, but I'm, you know, I've been spending <laughs> so much time here that it, it's just, I have kind of buy a little piece here and there for it. I have pretty much every, I have all the cooking equipment inside it. Mm-hmm. I have... Everything in there—it's not bolted to the walls yet, so that's the next step: starting bolting stuff to the walls, yeah. and then getting it wrapped.
0: Out of, you know, your experience here, um, you know, what have been some of the things that you could say you've learned that you can adapt or you can use um, for other business owners or anybody who's willing to start their own business? Like, what are some of the suggestions you would say? Yeah, this is something you should know about, or.
1: Well, you you learn so much as you go, and that's what I've learned here, and that's why I'm glad I didn't just jump into having my food truck at first. It's you learn about the different costs of labor. You know, mm-hmm. you got you got to work hard yourself, and pretty much anyone going into business knows that. Mm-hmm. Hey, pull most of the hours yourself. Learn how to do everything. Don't just hire somebody to do this or to do that. Look at your food costs. Figure out. You know, <clears throat> the food companies, delivery companies are great. The Cisco's and those, all those guys, they're great, but. Mm-hmm sometimes you got to look at those prices and you got to not just say oh they told me this is great so this is great and you're going to be spending double the money if you don't examine Mm -hmm. what you're doing and just kind of have a full knowledge of what's going on so you know i price compare places if you don't you're going to spend all your money yeah and everyone's going to come in when you open a business everyone comes to you and they want they want to sell you something like we got people oh we want to clean for you. We want to, you know, come in and do this for you. We want to do your inventory system for you. We want to sell you this POS system or this credit card processing system. So there's a lot to learn. You can't just go with the first one someone throws at you because you're going to be spending a ton of money. And before you even know it, you haven't made any money and you're broke.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, you earlier in the conversation, you talked about how you had a hundred people in here, okay, mm-hmm. and then there was that one Yelp review, right? That was just like, boom. There's Always. no soap in the restroom, right? <laughs> and uh, in my previous conversations with some business owners, um, they talk about how social media could be a good thing, mm-hmm. but also a really bad thing for them, because now you have eyes everywhere, oh, yeah, that are looking at at your stuff. Mm-hmm. And one in particular mentioned like food, right? It's like you advertise this let's say alligator taco and then you just and they asked for uh, cilantro and you didn't put cilantro mm-hmm. like what have been have you noticed that in, oh, we get that in your business yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah like what are some of the challenges or what is your input on social media and how what role it plays well
1: i think if you do a good job at communicating with your customer too mm-hmm. and that's that's what I do with a lot of time when I go out places, they'll hand you something and you say, oh, well, I didn't get cilantro on this. And yeah. they're like, oh, sorry. And then walk away. Oh, but yeah. Uh-huh. we try to have employees that, you know, really communicate with the customer. So you can kind of nip something in the bud before it gets to social media. If you're connecting with every person that walks in, then they're going to tell you what's wrong and they're going to under- be understanding mm-hmm. of it if they feel that you're understanding of them. So if you take the time to, you know, ask somebody their name, like, oh, are you enjoying mm-hmm. this? You know, spend don't just run to your next table, you know, get to know somebody, then they'll they'll pretty much 9 times out of 10 be willing to accept if something was a mistake or not and let yeah. you let you fix it before they have to take it to that next step. That would make sense. And so how do you deal with making
0: sure that all of your employees are all on the same page in that?
1: I try to I try to just talk to each one of them and I try mm. to, you know, be here and see how they work with people, how they communicate with people. And I'm big on talking to people one on one instead of having meetings and calling everyone out in front of everyone. Yeah. So I, I kind of just, I speak with everyone individually and say, Hey, this is what you're doing. Great. This is what you should work on. This is what we, you know, can try to do better at. And I've Works pretty well when I when I do that. And, you know, people get defensive when you're just like, oh, by the way, you didn't do this in front of 20 people.
0: Yeah, blowing you know? them out on it. Yeah.
1: So... We do have meetings, but I try to, I try to do personal interaction before it gets to that.
0: Yeah, one. I mean, it would make sense to at yeah. least have a couple of meetings, you know, where everybody's, like, on the same page of some new thing that you're, you know, maybe Shark Tacos, I don't know. <laughs> some, something else.
1: Yeah. Well, we have a pretty good set of employees, and this is kind of what I've tried to instill in all of them because I like I said, didn't work in a restaurant, didn't... I only bartended a few months before I started bartending here, and I just told Chuck, I was like, I've been bartending forever, I'm amazing, and got him to believe me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I kind of learned as I, as I went along. But... So one thing that I tell all of them, coming from a sales background, is like, "Hey, this is a sales job. You know, I want people that are motivated, people that are hustlers." I said that your job is not to sit here and collect a check; it's to sell. So, you know, I came from selling phones, selling cars, selling internet. I sold pretty much everything. And when you work with those kind of people in the sales industry, they're they're always just hungry and after it. And you know, when I came into the restaurant in- industry, people were just, oh. It's, all the money i just made tonight and let's go out and have fun and so it's changing that mindset of the restaurant industry the restaurant industry for the most part will live check to check if you don't get the right employees yeah you know, you no, know so you gotta sense. have a good crew you gotta have a crew that's hungry if you don't have a crew that's hungry you're just having somebody wasting your time and their time so you mentioned you were
0: watching these diner shows right yeah um have you ever seen the show bar nightmares yes Where they like there's this so bar that is failing and he comes in and mm-hmm. tries to change it. So
1: that's it. the... There's Kitchen Nightmares and then there's the Bar Rescue.
0: Bar Rescue, yeah. yes, yes, yes. That's right.
1: Yeah, i watched all of those. I try not to take too much of it too, Yeah, Because I know it's a show but, you know, I take, I take hints from everything. Just like I said, I'll write stuff down when i go to other restaurants i write stuff down when i see it on tv Mm -hmm. so it's really just always trying to evolve when you see somebody making a small mistake that you didn't even realize you were making you write Mm -hmm. it down and fix it
0: yeah even if it's just a show so and talking about the shows like one of the things that um, i remember seeing is like the consistency on level on drinks right Mm -hmm. how do you make sure that almost all of the drinks taste the same
1: I just drink them all. <laughs> no, yeah. <I'm> just <laughs> <That was funny. laughs> No, it goes back into just watching the employees, and um, you know sometimes they'll they'll see that I'm looking at them, and I'm like, well, you know, you yeah. put an extra two tenths of an ounce in that drink they're like come on man (laughs) (laughs) so we just we stick to consistency and we talk about stuff if i see that a few of them are making a drink differently than another then we talk about it and we kind of all just get on the same page yeah um we have a cocktail menu with a a bunch of signature drinks on it but you know then there's all the other ones that people will order and you know pretty much everyone knows what they're doing here so we, we stay on the same page have you had a
0: drink that was suggested by a customer and then you decided all right let's put that on the menu all
1: the time yeah <laughs> so you know we'll taste it if it tastes good like that was amazing great job let's let's put that on our cocktail list yeah so. okay okay
0: For, I, I watched that show and i loved watching it but one mm-hmm. of the things that i always saw happening was that um the the you know co-owners or bar, bar owners never saw the mistakes that were happening, and it sounds mm-hmm. like you're 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 almost you know you're making sure that you're you're there. Yeah. Um, but one of those bigger mistakes is that they were just handing drinks out for free all oh, the yeah. time. Have you had anybody done that?
1: We've had it before, and that's and those people aren't here anymore.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So it is like a, it is. A, 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 I would say a combination. Of some yeah, bartenders,
1: and, and that's what brings it back to not being from the restaurant industry. Is me being at corporate jobs before this, you know, mm-hmm. we would do inventory every day. We would, you know, when you work in a corporate atmosphere, you, everything is lines crossed and eyes yeah. dotted. And so I try to bring a lot of that over here without being too corporate, but yeah, you know, yeah, just yeah. making sure like, Hey, this is a business. This is a sales business. This is a job where we're not here to make friends by giving out drinks or giving out too much. It's, it's about us all making money and making the customer happy at the same time.
0: Yeah. So it's, it, that's interesting because you came from that corporate background but mm-hmm. also you know are now in charge of a business so like requires you to be a lot more laid-back right. and relaxed but at the same time you're the corner so you have that responsibility of you have to make sure things are getting done right yeah. hmm all right so to wrap this up a little um, what are some what is the three suggestions like the top three pieces of advice you could give just narrow down to three bullet points
1: do your research so going back to all the things that you don't realize you're going to need when you're mm. going to open a business yeah. is there's so many little things. Google it, research it, find out what you need, find out how you're accepting cash, find out where you're. Even gets down to how you're starting your business license. You know people are going to try to jack you for all your money that they can. So find out the little stuff that you need and break your cost down as much as you can because everyone's gonna tell you you need this, everyone's gonna tell you you need that, and you don't Yeah. for the most part. You need a few things. So but, do your research. Yeah, and then it's work hard, work hard, work hard. Yeah. If you put someone in charge of something, you need to know how to do their job better than they do because if you lose them, you can't just say, well, let me go hire another person. How are you gonna train that person? Yeah, that's yeah, very true. How are you true. gonna do this? So I try to make sure that I work in the kitchen I try to make sure I work behind the bar. I try to make sure that I do all those things in case something goes wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to bartend every shift. Now I bartended once this week. Yeah. So <laughs> and I can't even keep up in the kitchen anymore. We have so, I try to go back there and they're like, "Just go, away, I can't. You're even. no longer Just, asking for the <laughs> yeah, shifts." Yeah, <laughs> they tell, they kick me out of the kitchen when I go in there and try to help now. They're like, yeah. "You're not fast enough." I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. Okay. <laughs>
0: And then what's the third one?
1: The third one, I, all comes down to just research, hard work, and trusting yourself and just commitment. Yeah. It's it's have confidence. Don't ever, you know, say, you know, don't ever get down on yourself. There's just plenty of times here where I was in the beginning where I said, no, nah, we're not going to make it. We're not going to make yeah. it. But I, I had to just overcome all those thoughts in my head and say you know I got this I can do this and if you if you believe in yourself then that's all that matters like doesn't matter if everything's stacked against you if you believe in yourself you can do it so it's you know research hard work and believing in yourself that's that's my three bullet points I guess (laughs) the
0: three bullet points from Ken all right (laughs) well uh that's a wrap for our conversation and so Ken thank you so much you know for being able to willing to sit down and uh, take time off of your day good luck Uh, to you and yeah, you know, I think that it is because of these conversations with business owners that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I plan on hoping that other people can listen to it and whether they're there, you know, thinking of, do I take the risk and start my own business or, mm-hmm. you know, do I take the risk and ask, um, you know, my manager for more shifts like you yep. did, you know, it's like these conversations could possibly push them to do it. Um, so again, thank you so much thank and uh, hopefully we'll see, we'll see each other again.
1: All right, I'll be looking out for your podcast. All right, thank you. <laughs>
0: Special thank you to Ken Douglas and a very special thank you to you for listening. This podcast is produced by Triple C Digital Media, a marketing agency who wants to help your business grow online. Make sure your business ads are seen on social media platforms as well as different search sites like Google. You can find the business information at triplecdigitalmedia.com forward slash Central Valley Hustlers. If you haven't already, subscribe to our podcast from wherever you are listening. This was an episode of Central Valley Hustlers. We will see you next Tuesday.